Support. It's support. That's the one. <laughs> good. Eric. That's good. All right. One point for me. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It is lunchtime in Rome. Tonight's episode 186 is entitled Childhood Essentials. It is said that there are 40 different assets one ch- one needs as a child to become a healthy, functioning adult. How many of them did you receive, and how many are your children, or children in general, getting? We'll be talking about that this evening at the table. So pull up a seat and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Watch us live at youtube.com forward slash lunchtime in Rome or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it would be great if you gave us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12.15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes or so of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12.15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. What's up, boys? What's up, Jay? What's up, Chris? Ah, Chris ain't here. Chris is gross. Chris was not able to make it tonight, so it is just Jay and Eric and myself. And if you right. listened to us last week, everything's good. He's just not here. Right. Um, if you didn't listen to us last week, everything's good. He's just not here. Yeah. Same. So for a while, uh, I really let my diet go. And yeah, yeah. I thought you were yeah. going to say your hair grow. I, I was going hair. <laughs> I was going to go hair down. Let my hair down. <laughs> You know, I noticed, actually, I noticed uh, the other day, you know, you, you ever notice, there's got to be a term for it, but you ever notice, like, you look in the mirror and then, like, you notice something that you haven't yes. noticed before, Sure, but it's like, all of a sudden, it's like crystal clear. Mm-hmm. I I have so much more gray in my beard than I did, like, even two years ago. Before Maggie's birthday. Before Maggie, yeah, before, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, it's like, all of a sudden, it's like going, like, I feel like it's all going gray, and I'm like... I might, I might be one of those guys that uses the just for men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You're kidding, right? No, I'm not. It's weird to me. Like I look in the mirror and I was like, "Whoa!" Like that's it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Huh? Huh? Now that's gonna be all I see, man. Wow. Okay. I know. <laughs> I've been seeing it for months. I don't know where you guys have been. <laughs> um, but. For the past like two weeks, I've been eating clean, nice. And except for the except for the hockey game and and birthday over the weekend, sure. Um, but been eating clean. I feel so much better, and starting to get back in the gym. And yeah, um, you were in the gym for a while. We Max and I were hitting it. We did it like a solid six months, and I was really starting to see like an impact. You're like that'll in- be enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost felt good about myself for a while there. <laughs> and uh, but then like the injuries started, and and then you know one thing after another, and then we stopped going. But we started going back, and really encouraged by it. We saw Duke there at oh, yeah. Planet Fitness, hmm. um, and he and I might. 
work out together. Nice. Um, we will work out together. That's going to be a thing, um, which I'm very, very much excited about. And uh, and yeah, I'm just I'm just feeling so much better, um, which is which is good. Um, I needed it. I I needed to get back on back Pattern. on track. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think I think it's going to help with. I, I I know that kind of the trend for you towards the end of last year was. Wow, we're just so tired. We're, you know, Maggie, oh, yeah. tired, Maggie, yeah. tired. And so, yeah. you know, hopefully this helps. Not that Maggie's going to, she's going to be consistent, but you'll hopefully have a little bit more bandwidth to, uh, to, you know, handle her. Yeah. Yeah. To watch her grow and blossom. Mm hmm. Really? <laughs> I mean, like, handle Maggie. Like, uh, put up with I her. Know, I was just going, grow and blossom. That was a bit much. And I celebrate that with you. My fault. Blossom. Maybe it's Blossom. Anyhow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, I'm a jerk. You're nice. That's all. I was just using it in a... Uh... It's flowery. Anyhow. Hey, so speaking of flowers, today I was at the uh, church, and it was really weird. I was walking into the gathering place from outside. You know, I parked my car, and something caught my eye, like out of the back corner. I almost flinched, and it was a guy walking down number 10. You know, up mm. above the parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, oh, somebody's playing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I yelled out to him and he's like, man, it's first time. I said, Did you play the new holes. And he's like, no, I, I was already logged into the, the original nine. He goes, but they look sweet. And I was like, oh, yeah, you definitely play them. Those are the three best holes on the mm-hmm. course. And he's like, oh, man, I, I can't believe what you did here. This is great. And oh, that's else. awesome. And I was like, just please, just fill out a comment on yeah. your disc. Yeah. Please fill it. And he did. Five stuff. Nice. It was four. And that's hey, too I'll much. Four is great. Four is too much. It's three and a half. Well, and it's best. It's four when you know the backstory and how much work. You have done it, Brian. You've done work on it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that's not what goes into. It's just a few people. Any, it doesn't matter. But he, no, here's Go my ahead. point though, because like you have Monroeville. There's right. a crew. There's a municipality. Exactly. <laughs> they like, and they're a four, right? You know what um, I mean? Sure. Okay. But he did. He left four star review, and it was very nice and very complimentary. His name's Noah, so uh, I didn't plug the, pot, up, the, the table, but hopefully he's here. Awesome. But it was, and I tell you what, it was great. To hear to hear him say that, and then to see the review, I was just like, "All right, you yeah." Know? And I haven't really publicized the course on the the Facebook on the Pittsburgh uh, Disc Golf Facebook page since we expanded because I keep waiting oh, for yeah. it to like be more done. Mm-hmm. But like, it ain't never gonna be more done. It's a like, it's a it's ongoing a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. So I may publicize it again. Who yeah, knows? dude. Um, Wait till the spring or something, yeah. maybe. The other thing is I had a, a breakfast the other day with Diane Milowicki, uh from church. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she really has a heart for helping kids and giving them her ideas. Wait, worship team? Yeah, worship team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Where she has a very, obviously, a, a big background in creative arts and whatnot. And so she's putting together a nonprofit that basically puts on workshops and all things creative and that you're not allowed to pay to come. You have to do, they do a community service project. Mm. So in order to get this training, whether it be in magic or singing or whatever else, even if you've got a thousand dollars, you can't pay. You have to do service so that you learn what it is to give back. And so we were meeting about that and, and talking about a bunch of different stuff, but then it was packed and, uh, I got up to go to the bathroom and I looked around the room and I chuckled and I, I just, the thought came to my mind. I went, 
what a bunch of characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like looking at everybody in Eaton Park. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was nobody there. I don't know how to put it. There were no shiny, happy people. Mm-hmm. There was nobody necessarily miserable, but like you could just see the battles people are in the middle of in mm-hmm. that place. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, from affluent to not affluent, from young to old, like everybody was wearing life on their face. Mm. And I just sat there and I, go ahead. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's because of the time that we're in, or do you think it's because like you're just more aware of that because of like what we talk about on this podcast and like what you've learned? Great question. I thought you were going to say, is it the time we're in or the town we're in? You know, because we're in a yeah, I'm blue, sure a bluer it color be, yeah. town, yeah. But or you know, my perception of it, I really think a lot of it comes down to, and I've been working on this for either a podcast, a sermon, or something. You know, as I I've been asking and 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 praying about having spiritual eyes and just seeing people the way God sees them and whatnot. And when I say I've been working on it, like I've been thinking about how I can tolerate the worst in people more than most people can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and at the same time, I can appreciate their strengths. And so I can see you right. for what you're good at and what you're blessed with and what shines. And I can understand, okay, well, here's why everybody hates you. <laughs> and it's because yeah. of these hurts in your life. So I can see that. And I think God has refined that in me. Yeah. So I can look at somebody who's being obnoxious and loud and, and kind of go, oh, okay, well, I wonder why that. Well, and a lot of the stuff on the that we've talked about has really softened my heart um, and even if, like, even if you're not a, a Christian, but it is like from a biblical perspective of, you know, having grace and forgiveness for people based on, on the stuff that we talk about. But there are like, like, we'll see something on the news and I'm like, mm, he, that guy's in a really tough spot, mm-hmm. you know, and he could have well, done like a really bad thing. You know the, what I mean? Like, the guy that stole the car and ended up in West Virginia. Yeah. That picture, that dude mm-hmm. that I sent. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't live in a real easy life. No, right. no, and 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 it, and we're all like that. There's parts of us that, you know, we're 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 bad at, and there's parts of us that are good. But it's more encouraging. It's better to be more encouraging than it is to be like shaming and and calling out the bad all the time. Well, if you, you look at I mean? our world today, if you have one fatal flaw or one fatal characteristic, what are you? You're canceled. Oh yeah, you cease to exist. You're done. And it could have been twenty years ago or thirty oh, years ago. It's like longer ago. It's like digital or it's just crucifixion. The wrong one. Like or it's it, the wrong it's, one. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's the wrong, if it's the wrong characteristic or the wrong sin, for lack of a better term, the one that's currently the least desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, you're toast. Right. Yeah. I, and I think it was you that, and we use it all the time, but we're all on our journey. Um, who, me, who, who's that? you said that I, I'm pretty sure I heard that the first time from you, you know, what? I don't know, 10 years ago <laughs> that we're all you, the phrase, the term, we're all on our journey. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's never over. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, like, but here, like hearing that, um, it really does put in, into perspective that none of us are a finished product right. and like journeys are arduous journeys are you know glorious like there's so many ups and downs in a, in a person's journey and so to i guess be conscious and again intentional like we've been talking about to understand that we are all on a journey mm-hmm. it does give you a little bit more um bandwidth i guess i'll use that term again 
to be able to handle that and to be able to understand when you walk into an Eaton Park, wow, there's a lot of journeys going on here. And I'd love to hear some of these stories. And maybe I don't want to hear some of these other ones. Yeah, I'd want to hear them all. <laughs> well, unless they're boring. You know, like, oh, okay, right, right. Okay. okay. You're, you're driving through Kansas. There's nothing going on here. <laughs> right. Your journey's boring. Yeah. I'm going to go to the next town. <laughs> um, Man, I'd kill for Kansas right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was my journey. Oh, nice boring. That was the, yes. <laughs> oh, I was like, it's probably cold. <laughs> Some flatlands. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Some steadiness for a mm. while would be kind of nice right now. Mm. <clears throat> um, so Lex and I have decided we're going to start, we're going to get a museum pass and start going uh, to some of the museums around Pittsburgh. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And just get out more um instead with of with family or like just you just us Lex? just us two. It's, okay. You know, instead of doing like the, okay, let's go to dinner and a movie, you know, or something like that. Um, getting out and like, even even going down and seeing architecture, you know, downtown or we've talked about, you know, there's so many places right around us. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, Jay, I know you, you and Rachel take your weekend trips and, you know, not that you're going to see architecture and stuff. But we like do, when you talked about like that, <laughs> the arcade. Oh, you know, two that, of them. Yeah, those in things. Cleveland, and we stumbled only because I was like, arcade. I wonder. And right. you open up and it's like. <laughs> so, yeah. There's so, a lot of those places. Yeah, and I think I think that's really interesting and it gives you, you know, it gives you things to talk about and shared experiences that are fresh, you know, and and new. Even like where Joe got his senior picture taken down on the mm-hmm. south side where all those painting or mm-hmm. all the mural not murals, but graffiti basically. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, huh, that's right here. Right. Well, and you know what's cool about the past thing? Um and we've past. talked about this with with Kennywood and stuff. Like you can go and you can go and appreciate like one mm-hmm. exhibit for an hour. Right. And then dip. You're not trying to get through. You're not trying to get through the whole museum. Like, right. so I think that's awesome. Yeah. Cause like, you know, we'll go through and like, I'll look at a plaque. I'm like, I'm going to pretend to read this and then move on in the next <laughs> you know, 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So we're excited about that. I mean, it's uh, and just uh, two of you or four, just the two of us. Oh, that's even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had the kids in now. It's like, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that we won't take them somewhere from time to time. Sure. But, you know, the, the, it's, no, it's, it's an just, adult thing. It's a you and Lex thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because they're going to not, I'm not going to say they're going to ruin it, but they're not going to appreciate it. Won't be the same. It. it won't be the same. Yeah. It won't be the same. It's like life. <laughs> <laughs> We're very yeah. much going through that right now. I'm not saying it is not the same. It. It's just it's not, not the same. It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's a t shirt. I'm not saying kids ruin it. It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy that at lunchtimeinrome.com forward slash merch. Oh, man. Let's we that. actually don't have that right now. Um, oh, but if we did. And I've also been already been having pool thoughts. Lex and I did, did our budget together uh, Dude. Monday night. And, you know, we're talking about some of the bigger things we need to do this coming mm-hmm. year. And I got to get that heater working, man. So, which means I got to dig another trench and get that whole thing repiped. Another entire trench? Mm-hmm. No oh, man, I, it's got to go from on the far end, like over near the diving board where the skimmer is, you mm-hmm. know, the thing in the ground. It's got to come out into the grass, and then it's got to come all the way down the grass to along the hillside, to, along the hillside to where the um the heater is. So I'll I'll tell you this, buddy. Maggie said I think it was yesterday or the day before. She's willing to help. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "We can go to Uncle Brian's pool in the summer," and I was like, "Yep." Aww. So she's she's. Jones and the go. So. It's, it's funny because I was scrolling through pictures today and I, I <clears> sent Amy this uh, picture of Maggie where she, <laughs> you were putting sunblock on her. <laughs> yeah. But it's like that white, um, you know, chalky sunblock that you put on. Yeah. 
and like her face is just like like she was sucking on lemons and it's just the funniest picture and so i sent it to amy i was like i just stumbled across this hope your day hope this brings your day <laughs> yeah um, absolutely but yeah that's cool she like she looks forward to that and remembers uh, it yeah. so yeah I, it's, it's, it's you, in her memory yeah yeah will you not say budget but like because last year when you guys started doing it and joe and to a degree leah were helping it was just i mean the hardest ground possible mm. like now rocky think, yeah we have to use a pick and everything else like, you, which when you think of doing it like late spring when it's all just like softer um or you get a ditch switch i'm gonna do it in march and get a ditch switch. and possibly get a ditch. <laughs> well I, I looked at the price of them how much well from Penn Hills rental they, it was a couple hundred bucks for a day mm-hmm. it, it'll honestly take you you paid Joe that much? Maybe it'll take you thirty minutes. I did. Like with you'll, you'll start digging ditches. You didn't know you needed. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm putting in a moat. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give it to Abby, and she'll get all creative with it. She's like, I'm know. telling, dude. It make it's like it. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, you like the ditch witch? Uh, you, see, you seem to. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at that. Um, just I know this. that's coming up, <clears throat> and um, him and ditch witch. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm already thinking about it. Me too. Um, but. And the last thing I want to talk about, and I think this is this is possibly going to tie into our topic, is I read a really great article on Substack yesterday about um, how we're excusing like the millennial generation, like we've just decided, ah, eh, their kid, like so. Now they, you're talking specifically millennial, not Gen Z. It was it was much it was it was written by a millennial, and she's like, this we have to stop accepting mediocrity and we have to stop we have to we have to grow up and it was like from from that perspective you know being that demographic and and basically being like look what are we doing you know because it it started talking about the guy um that that ran that crypto um oh yeah Mm -hmm. and and how zft exf whatever his name was yeah and and how like most of the media treated it like oh he was a kid that blew it you know and And, and and okay, well he's he's only thirty, he's only thirty five, whatever. And she was like, our founding fathers fought a revolution, and it was like Thomas Jefferson was early thirties. George Washington was like the old man at forty, you know. Yeah. And these people have these these just super real life consequences. Whereas you know, right now, like you, how how can you become an adult when you're twenty seven and you know li- still living in your parents' basement? It's cliche, but I, I just I liked I liked the call to let's take more responsibility mm-hmm. and because we're also living in a way like, like they were, um, the, the article also mentioned, you know, the, the leader of China, the leader of the United States, the leader of Russia, these guys are all in their seventies and some in their eighties. And, and most of Congress is above, you know, 65. And, and it's like, where is our leadership going to come from? Um, hmm. so and where are they leading you towards? And where are they leading you to? And where, like, where are these old people? Like, how can they possibly, be relevant in this world when you know they've they've lived a completely different life than what the current world is you know so it was just a really great article and i thought it you know i thought it would tie in well with what we're talking about to some degree Mm. um and and even right before we went on the air um you know we we were talking amongst ourselves about how um specifically like with ethan we were talking about ethan and how he's been around a lot of adult conversations because He's friends with us. Like I'm his right. dad. You're his pastor, you know, and and you're his friend. I'm cool, like, Uncle Eric. You're cool, Uncle Eric. But like, <laughs> cool, Uncle Eric. but you're legitimately friends. And 
you know, and we, even with Abby, like all our, like we treat our kids like, you know, to, to, to a lot of degree, like, like adults able to handle big conversations. Well, and yeah. And, and not to interrupt, but that, that, that reminded me like Amy, you know, we were talking the other day and it, you know, we always say that we're not raising a kid. We're raising an adult. Yeah. Cause that's your goal mm-hmm. is to raise, you know, your kids into adults. So like you're raising an, an adult and not to be more of a kid. And that's, that's the philosophy that Lex and I have always taken as long as I can remember is we, I, I mean, I don't remember where it formed in us, but we went it, we went into it with, we have to raise this person to go out and be an adult in a very, very complicated and dangerous world. How are we going to serve our kids if we're coddling them, if we're not giving them the freedom to make mistakes, if we're not giving them the freedom to make their own decisions. And obviously you still have to parent you, you have, and to, they still have to be able to be a kid. They a hundred percent. And so it is, a, it is a balance that you need to strike, right. but to, to just, and this, I didn't know how to do laundry when I went to college. Mm. And so let me ask you that. What, what generation are you? Gen Gen X, you're Gen X. You're really Gen X. I get you're at the bottom. Yeah, because um, I thought I was kind of towards the bottom. No, I'm I'm still Gen oh, wait, X. What I'm, are you? Oh, I'm Gen X. You're baby. Gen X. Yeah, I'm like I'm with the. You think I'm a boomer? I'm get a, out of here. No, no. Well, I just know one. if there was any. Okay, I'm I'm in I'm at the top of the millennials, is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. We can see that, but <laughs> but even so, like I've read articles about like how like our generation is is different because we we were in that transition phase from analog into digital Mm -hmm. so we grew up with a lot of analog technology and a lot of analog things and then moved into digital so like we're not like a smartphone generation or you know anything like that like we saw that transition you got some some old and new school and yeah like i use tapes you know back in the i even use records i still played records when i was a kid yeah i know yeah when they're around before they became cool yeah Abby, what, records oh yeah, yeah. the abby first wants, time abby wants a record player now she's like i don't know what i listen to but i want a record player uh, they i mean they sell records at target now mm. but yeah and we could that's maybe even something we could unpack in another uh time at the table but because if you look at quote unquote the greatest generation which i used to say you know who voted them the greatest generation mm-hmm. and then you look at it and you're like no nah, they accomplished yeah <laughs> <laughs> they went through quite they, a they lot. banged it out didn't they? <laughs> yeah. they literally they, fought nazis they did some things yeah. they <laughs> did some things but just the different characteristics, because we look at, you know, like the millennials saying millennials need to do better. Well, they came out of a prosperous generation mm-hmm. where there was, you know. And right. So, and where are we headed? Ooh. Anyhow. So, yeah, I think we could really unpack that, not yeah. just reference it. Yeah. Yeah. But there are things that kids need to grow up in a very healthy, functioning way. Um, and then be able to impart those to the world around them. And so that's one, that's the topic that we're going to yeah, discuss. Yeah, we here at the table, we've come up with 40. <laughs> and by that, I mean, there's a basically an industry standard. Uh, this is from the Search Institute, but I mean, I was trained on this at Presley Ridge. It's basically an industry standard. It's, it's 40 developmental assets for children to become healthy functioning adults. Uh, they're building blocks of a healthy developmental, uh, of healthy development developmental assets and so what we want to do is sort of it, it's really conversational tonight there you know we very often we talk about the outline there's no outline we're going to go over each of these well a quick question about the outline because we always include our outline in our show notes are we able to share this uh i would say that this may be 
uh, reproduced for educational, <laughs> non-commercial <laughs> use only. So if you were thinking that you wanted to make a contribution to the table of five to $10,000, we would ask that you specifically say it's not <laughs> for this list. <laughs> or we could link, uh, looks like searchinstitute.org. We'll include something in our show notes that right. we, that can get you this list. So my answer right. is yes, we could yeah. probably put okay. these in the notes. <clears throat> so uh, they're lumped into two categories, external assets and internal. And basically, we just want to talk about, hey, did you get this growing up? And how do we value it? And it, do kids get it today? And also, I kind of want to add, if you didn't get it, not you personally, but if one does not get it, what emotional needs mm-hmm. do we think does it then cause a need It's kind of like a game. It's going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one is family support. Now, again, not support. Support. <laughs> support. It's support. That's the one. <laughs> good, Eric. That's good. All right. One point That's for me. Good. <laughs> uh, Here you go. Not in the lunchtime in Rome definition of support, but in the general term, which is the family continues to be a consistent provider of love and support for the child's unique physical and emotional needs. Hmm. You think that's a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but keyword unique there. Unique. Yeah. Because every kid's different. Right. I, I definitely had that growing up. I, wanna, I almost want to say no because, like, I, I'm the youngest of five. I was, you know, left alone a whole lot. But it's like, I want to learn how to drum. I was given the ability to learn how to drum. I quit drum lessons. I wanted to play baseball. Play, you know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I was always – and I knew that I was funny – you know, I was known as the funny one. I knew that I, you know, so certainly I, I received that growing up. Um, what about you boys? I definitely had support growing up. Um, yeah, thrown thrown into band. You were encouraged to be in the band. Yeah, and I wanted I wanted to play drums, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and whenever something would happen, like my, I, like I knew my mom had my back, had had you know supported me mm-hmm. in anything. So I definitely got that. Yeah, I did too. Um, again, snare drum. Yeah, my parents went out and rented a snare drum. And um, just, you know, my dad helped co- coach my t-ball and baseball teams. Mm. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, my mom was always like on the the PT. It was P, it's called PTC, but normal, it's uh, nationwide. I think it's PTA. What's interesting about this is we all overlooked the end of it for the child's unique physical and emotional needs. Mm-hmm. Now we can get a little more aggressive as to whether or not, and I don't want to do that, but I don't know how many parents really are. You know, we talk about this. Nobody understands emotional needs. Right. They think they do, but mm-hmm. they don't. You know, I would say that I probably, well, no, I'm saying I don't know of many parents that aren't. No, because, you know, ahead. I've talked about this before where my dad worked out of town. It was just my mom here. Right. So like, and I was not a good student. Like I did not do well in school. And I needed a lot of support with like homework and stuff because I just didn't do it. You know, like there was no, but nobody's on my back and helping me through it, helping me understand it, you know? So I didn't get that kind of support. Right. But again, but are they, are they giving you love and support? Meaning joining, like, again, are they meeting your emotional needs? And and well, it's hard to, because like support as an emotional need means somebody's coming alongside you mm-hmm. and nobody right, came along. We're taking it out of that. I think they're not using it as support. It's saying you're a consistent provider of love, you know, and support for the child's unique physical and emotional needs. So are they really joining you? Are they meeting your emotional needs as well as your physical needs is sort of what that's saying. And I'm saying, you know, it's, are you being loved? Go ahead. I, 
I don't remember a lot of my life, um, but I feel like as as a young kid moving, because this is talking about like K through three, but we're we're expanding it to be you know, uh, uh, your developmental your, your years. developmental years. It's not right. like a two year old doesn't need that, right? <laughs> doesn't I don't need a twelve year old, but like need that. I don't necessarily remember needing a lot of emotional support as a kid. Um, pretty much, like I mean, I all the things that like I would play in the sandbox, I would read. Um, so I, I, I've always kind of been a self sustaining, self sustaining, self contained person. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. Right. I mean, I think we, we, this generation, at least our world, we are much more focused on that, on, on the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. And again, not saying that everything's okay, not saying that feelings trump facts, anything like that, but we come alongside our children more so than any generation did before us Mm -hmm. to a fault in some cases when you do it wrong, Mm -hmm. you know, in this, you know, Gen Z world of too much. It becomes less support than just completely taking over somebody's life. Right. So I'm saying those of us at the table extended, Mm -hmm. I think do the best job of this because we're concerned about it. And we want to say, okay, do they need support Mm -hmm. or do they need encouragement? What is it they need right now? Mm. Earlier generations? Mm -hmm. No, that's a pretty bland, you know, that meant they didn't, it's almost like they didn't make it worse. Right. Like you said, it was self-sufficient. Nobody's self-sufficient. You need that interaction with an adult. And we'll get to that coming up here next. So positive family communication. Parent and child communicate openly, respectfully. One might even say open, honest, and vulnerably. Respectfully and frequently with child receiving praise for his or her efforts and accomplishments. To a point. Yeah, it's interesting because I know... Jay, you said like everybody needs 27 of these. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, your health. Yeah. A healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And like to Brian's point, like, yeah, to a point. I mean, I think you give I, yourself a half. Well, like I'm talking about me growing up. I know you're saying you get about a half point. On yeah. <laughs> right. Like there's times where it was great and there's times where it was like, eh, it was not so great. You know, for, for me, I feel like it was consistent to a point in a positive way. And then there came a point where it went the completely other it way. It all crumbled down. Mm. So I uh, agree I, with that. Yeah. I, I, I think it's both sides of the coin for yeah. me. Yeah. Same. And I think this is, this is really talking a lot about belonging to a degree, respect, maybe appreciation. Are you being seen? Mm. Is it, you know, I was seeing it matter that you were there. I was seen a lot. And then at Too one much. point, <laughs> I mm. at yeah. one point I felt unseen. Right. Yeah. And there's some appreciation in there too. Right. Um, yeah. 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 Like, oh, Sorry wow. If you said that. I, I, I did. It's cool. Uh, but okay. it's like, oh, I saw what you did. Hey, that was good. You know, you're engaged. Yeah. Are you in the are you in the game? Mm-hmm. Um, other adult relationships. I'm huge on this one. Mm-hmm. Child receives support from adults other than his or her parents. With a child sometimes experiencing relationships with a non-parent adult, and this is this is the third party. Yeah, to me, that's yeah. I. I definitely had a this. third party I, adult without the authority to punish. Right, I, I definitely had this. I'm going to go back to our our, our, Paul, man. our man Paul Peachy and Tracy um, up in Buffalo. Um, you know some of my some of my youth leaders. Um, so I I very much had this and I'm so grateful that I I did because some of the best 
lessons and some of the things that I took most to heart came from these people. Um, and they could have said the exact same things as my parents. Oh. And I would have never heard what my parents said. No. So I, it's, it's such a huge thing. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad that you guys were all in our, our kids' lives, you know? And I want to go backwards a step out of the whole lesson, but you guys are talking about, you know, Ethan considers us to be his friends and whatever else. It goes back to one of the first Ocean City trips when I said something about, you know, it's not a lot of fun for Joe to be on vacation with my friends. And he goes, but they're my friends too. And I was like, yeah, they are, buddy. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was, that's been such a good model for Ethan to follow. Mm -hmm. And what an impact that has had on Joe's life to have, you know, to, to be around. And like you said, he's watched more conversations and had more adult conversations than maybe some kids ever do. Mm -hmm. And that I think is so vital. And, and it is difficult because, and I deal, deal with that with Bella from time to time. She's been around us so much and, mm -hmm. and we are such a greater friend group that when there is typical high school drama, mm -hmm. you know, and she's just like, I don't, right. I don't get that. You yeah. know, I, she'll get her nose in the middle of it because you know, <laughs> that's what she does. But, um, I definitely had that, you know, and to a degree I had it with at least one grandfather, which I don't even know if that counts in this case, but I think very, that's what I was thinking of. Like a lot of mine were like aunts and uncles. Sure. You know, I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, but there is something special about somebody that's outside of the family. Mm -hmm. That is right. that. There's no reason. And right. not a teacher. No obligation. You know. Well, but I think it can be a teacher. It can be, but I mean like. Well, no, but here's my point. Yeah. And I'm sorry for stepping nah. on your toes. Because I, I was talking about this with Diane the other day. Because a teacher can punish you. A teacher can praise you because of your yeah. performance. But it can be a teacher either that you had, but you don't currently have. So imagine, you know, your teacher in third grade. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Now Mrs. Fifth Mrs. Grade. Dristus. She was best. Like, she, she was great. And I still remember her. Yeah. I mean, for me, Mr. You know, Mr. Thompson, who came to Trey's funeral, made me cry mm -hmm. like a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, that guy had an impact on me throughout the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe not in the mix, in the fire when you've got him. But it mm -hmm. can certainly, I think, be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Because there's no reason, especially out of the classroom, uh, you don't have a reason. They don't have an obligation. I think it's a lot of it here is they don't have the obligation. <laughs> But I can see what you're saying too. Like a teacher, it's it's like a, a perceived role in in a kid's life. Right. Where like something like this is like, oh, okay, well, this is just kind of organically happen. I mean, yes, you're you're pastor, but you know, it. I I see what you're saying. Oh, I think there's benefits to all of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because on the other hand, why did that teacher pick you when there's 150 kids per class that he could have picked, but yet they cared about you? Yeah. Um, I remember a young life leader when I was in high school. He, he was a cool guy. He worked at the Gap and he was you know, like 25 and mm -hmm. he was like, hey, you want to get dinner sometime? And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. And he took me to dinner. I was like, I just can't imagine <laughs> like right. why you would want to, the cool guy wanted to have dinner with me. And, and mm -hmm. that's why I, as often as possible, love to take a high school kid out and just go get something to, the, to eat and hang out. And it's just, it's just where life happens. And mm -hmm. yeah, they tell you things they never tell their parents. Right. By the way, if anybody's listening, uh, none of the people that I've recently hung out with has told me anything. Uh, that was just hypothetical. Uh, caring neighborhood. Mm. Parents, sorry, parents and child experience friendly neighbors who affirm and support the child's growth and sense of belonging. Let's go macro first, not micro to our own experience. Is this something that's going away in our world? 100%. Uh, Maybe not 100%, but... <laughs> 75 percent. <laughs> yeah, I I do feel from a macro perspective it is, but I don't feel like it's happening to where we live. Well, neighborhood, that's not macro. Neighborhood. So, right. 
like if you zoom out um not in my case well mm-hmm. and, right. and maybe maybe not so much around different parts of the world but like if you if you take the united states where is the neighborhood nowadays it's right there in the computer mm-hmm. it is in a gaming world uh and there's very much something to be said for having an like an actual physical neighborhood where you go out and play kickball like all of a sudden everybody's playing kickball spontaneously and you know five different sets of parents around you know there there's there we're definitely i i believe we're definitely losing that to a, a large degree absolutely because are. it's just so easy to be walled off in in your room or your basement or whatever and talking to somebody in australia virtually you know yeah and and, and this is an interesting perspective for you because you've created uh, 3dr 3d respawn mm-hmm. to be a safe place online, online like an online but is that yeah. is that that what this kind of neighborhood well and again you're talking about for a child sure yeah i'm thinking like when i when i was growing up and we grew like well it was kind of tough we grew up on a uh, on a main road so there wasn't a lot of like going out on my bike on the main oh, road. That'd be, that'd be a dangerous road. Yeah, it's not a good road for that. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes there was a side road that I went down or whenever I went to my friend, my best friend's neighborhood, I'd ride around from a hilltop, mm-hmm. you know, ride around there. But I do remember we had uh, our neighbor Lou. And Lou was awesome. And he was an older guy, but he would always like, like I got a super soaker for my birthday one year and I went over and I, you know, shot it at him and then he like ran inside his garage grabbed his hose and like came out and like hit me with the hose like that was like yeah that was normal it's nurturing yeah it was it was great and i I have very and like he he got rollerblades one year and and he took me up to linton we went you know rollerblading around linton middle school and it's like when does that happen anymore right you know like that's crazy i i remember being two doors i lived on a dead end street you know, mm-hmm. seven houses, and I would, and I would just, oh, I mean, I played for hours by myself, and I remember I got stung by a bee, two doors up, and I remember the guy that lived there, or actually no, the guy that lived in between our house and the house where I was, I'm just crying at the top of my lungs, and he picked me up and he threw me over his shoulder and just carried me back home and like knocked on the front door and like rolled me into the front door, and I was like, thanks, Mister Hyde. <laughs> but I think the way to look at it also is if and it's the stereotypical joke that people tell of getting in trouble. You know, the kids can get in trouble today, and their parents go and you know, complain to the school board that their kid got yelled at. Mm -hmm. Whereas back in the Mm -hmm. day, you know, you'd be walking home and crying and the neighbor would say, you know, what did you do wrong? And they'd beat you. And then, you know, (laughs) you'd get beat all the way down the street until you got home. But they cared. You know, they were engaged. And now, you know, and I think of John and Pat next door to us and how they have just taken care of our kids over the years. And it's, it's really... It still exists. Oh, it does. It does because it ex- it exists in our neighborhood here. Yep. You know, yeah. and that's our neighbors are awesome, and and even the neighbors that I don't know that like walk around the neighborhood. You know, they're great. You know, well, I I think so. To to take it from you know macro and micro, I think on the macro scale, say if we're talking about like more deve- you know developed countries like ours. Um, I think the trend is more isolation and, and mm-hmm. less of that kind of a thing. But I do think on the micro level, I mean, you still see it around, you know, you do, you do have people hanging Christmas lights and, you know, having block parties. Like it, it does still exist. So that's interesting. You say that the brand, like the, I feel like the more developed a country is, the more isolated. isolated it oh is. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't really think about that, but yeah. 
Well, yeah, like you go to some, you know, uh, a village in Brazil, everybody's out in the street, you know. Everybody's going like, to the market. Right. You know? Right. So, um, caring school climate. Oh. Uh, caring school climate. Child experiences warm, welcoming relationships with teachers, caregivers, and peers at school. I think that it's similar to the neighborhood that we just talked about. Depends where on where you are. The trend, the the trend is more corporate or institutionalized. Sterile. Sterile. You know, yeah. But on the mac, on the micro, like again, just speaking for my kids. I mean, my kids are thriving at Penn Hills. Yeah, and they, I mean, yeah, some days they don't like going, but genuinely, generally speaking. They do have engaged teachers. Like Ethan talks about several of his teachers mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and he's in the musical and Abby's in orchestra. And um, so I think like for me, I, I, I'm encouraged by I, I feel like they would be getting this particular asset. Mm-hmm. But again, on the macro I think it's it's be, like you said becoming more sterile. You know, there's more lawsuits um, where you know the teachers have their hands cuffed, and um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you go historically, you know, you think back to the the 50s and the 60s, and to a degree the 70s. You know, I think there was there was more of a community in the school. You know, it was more less corporate, mm-hmm. less. I don't even know. I, you know, I want to go with like less standardized testing, but you know, mm-hmm. right. Talk, Again, institute, felt, I think yeah. institutionalizes the word because right. it, it was it, because it was it. This is your community. Your community is making this school. As you get the board of education in, as you mm-hmm. get more of the government in, it has to become more standardized and right. And it does become more institutionalized and you lose something when you have and I'm not trying to get political. It's just a fact. When you when you start bringing those machines in, you you lose something local and intimate. Well, well yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say teachers lose the you know they teach the test, not the subject. Well, right. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I, my mind went to you know instead of instead of raising a community, raising a neighborhood within the school, you're not doing that anymore because of standardized tests. So like, if a school's test scores aren't up to par, you know, whatever funding they're, you know, they're not going to get it, but you're not raising, you're not raising a kid into doing something. You're raising them to know stuff. To hit a benchmark. To hit a benchmark. But that kid that really loves cars and really wants to work on cars and fix them or, you know, do detailing or whatever, or auto body work. And doesn't care about chemistry. And doesn't care about chemistry. That kid that doesn't have the vocational program anymore is what's he going to do? He's just going to fail. That's all he's going to do. Well, and another aspect would be going back to the neighborhood. When you start losing the neighborhood in, in your, in your actual neighborhood and in, in your communities, when you have that, you're going to take that into your church, your, your school. And you know, you're, you're going to have parents volunteering and doing this and that. When you start to lose that around you in your neighborhood, that's going to shrink also in in the school as well because you don't have that mindset, you don't have that spirit. You know what I mean? Right. So going back to like the caring um, neighbors, no school, oh school, caring school climate. It's more or less. I feel like corporately, from a national school perspective, it is just like we're just trying to check a box and get kids through, 
instead of really caring about them. Right. And that that's not the rule or that is the rule, but there are exceptions. Sure. You know, there are still yeah. those meaningful moments. I think there's probably just fewer of them. Mm-hmm. And looking at our next number six, parent involvement in school. I mean, I just kind of talked about that. Yeah. But on the one hand, parents have never been more involved in school. I mean, in the last five years, I've dealt with more parents than I did in my first 20 years of coaching. Hmm. Okay. You know, they're, they're, they're more vocal, mm-hmm. but yet there's all, you know, and I'll go so far as to say I've had more parents involved. Hmm. You know, it's, they, they say, you know, the 80, 20 principle, you know, the 20% mm-hmm. of the people mm-hmm. do 80 it's, and it's a 10, 90 principle now, mm-hmm. but the 10% that are involved and I'm talking about like boosters, stuff mm-hmm. like yeah. that. You know, they're doing more than they've ever done before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, we won a WPIL championship. We didn't even have a banquet. Mm-hmm. You can go 0 and 28. You have a banquet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more involvement now than it was back yeah. then. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's more vocal. It's not the, I will say that the, the relationships for the most part between parent and school district is broken. Mm-hmm. PTAs have nobody in them or right. the PTCs or whatever you want to call them. Right. There's, there's nobody. I mean, Heather Houlihan. I mean, she's 90% of the P, of the PTA at Penn Hill. She does mm. every program. Mm. Um, so, you know. And I, my mom was always part of that. And, like, a lot of, like, my friends' moms were always involved with that. Or they were, like, a band parent. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're, like, I feel like my whole friend group had a parent involved in something, whether it was, like, PT, PTA or, or band mom or something like that. Well, and let me take a step back because I wasn't reading real clearly. The whole topic... The 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 uh, the asset is parents' involvement in school. Ling, the parents talk about the importance of education. So that doesn't mean they're involved in school, but they're encouraging the education. Well, it does go on to say and are actively involved in the child's school success. School success, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily involved in the school. They're engaging the child, saying, "Hey, did you do your homework? Mm-hmm. Hey, did you do you have any tests this week? Hey, do you?" But I'll even say that has gone backwards since COVID, mm-hmm. like. Do, do Ethan and Abby ever do homework at home? Every once in a while, Lex Lex very much supports Ethan, um, especially when it comes to uh, like math and you know the sciences. Like, I will say, post COVID, I've never but, seen Joe or Bella do a lick of it. Now Bella has four study halls this year as a senior, but <laughs> but I mean, like, no. I, I feel like it's there is much less work coming uh-huh. home. There's you know now I, I had. Two pretty smart kids. Yeah. You know, they, right. They They're in accelerated classes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So I think, and also as they get older, and again, we're talking younger ages here. This is mm-hmm. mostly elementary, developmental, say through 12. You know, you do need a parent to be on top of things, especially mm-hmm. in elementary school. Yeah. You know, are you doing your homework? Are you organized? Do you have your binder? When's your next test? But I, I will say homework itself is a lot different than from when I was a kid, you know. You're you're bringing a backpack full of, you know, books that you've covered with a, a brown paper bag oh, home with you. This is great, and and you come home and you know you're spending an hour in your room. Um, it used to be know, ten minutes per grade writing, right? Like writing on paper and and doing that kind of stuff. And you know, kids have the Chromebooks now, and if they crack them open, like I, it, it really is amazing to me though. At, as you bring this up, like I said. Maybe once every two weeks, Ethan's, you know, going to Lex for help with something, but um, it's certainly not like it was. No. 
But you do have an elementary school aged, you know. I do, and sh- I never see her do anything. Right. But you're, <laughs> but you are engaged in it. I mean, yes, I, yes, I am. Like you guys do ask about the grades. You see, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, and that's essential. Yeah, it's and, an and, asset, and yeah. it is nice because you know a lot of schools now have like the open systems where you can instantly see a kid's like you're not waiting for the kid to bring a, a doctor report card. <laughs> <laughs> this i can make this c into a b right you know like you're not bringing a doctor like you can literally see what they're doing that day so and how many assignments are due yeah oh, and so man. i and I'd so, be so screwed <laughs> i'd be so screwed so i think maybe they're because of the the big the bigger level of transparency about what's actually happening in real time with your kids i think a lot of parents do take advantage of that you know but a lot don't. A lot, that's the a thing. Lot it's, don't. I mean, as an as a as a coach, yeah, and, and and being friends with lots of teachers, it's amazing to me how many phone calls go home and don't get returned. Mm. You're calling a mm. kid's parent, and they don't, or they'll call the parent. Will you know? Well, they'll talk to him, and the parent goes, well, "What do you want me to do?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, <laughs> uh, "Well, we're we're past that now." I yeah. Mean, so, um. So that whole the those one through six were under uh, the subtitle of support, and the next section we're going to is empowerment. So number seven is community values. Children, children are welcomed and included throughout community life. I th- I, I certainly had that growing up. Mm-hmm. I know my kids did. Of course, my kids had a really non traditional childhood with, you know, Trey and all. Mm-hmm. But I definitely had that growing up. And I, I think we still have that. I think. Yeah. I think there's maybe more programs than ever. Like you, you watch the NFL, you know, on, sure. on any given Sunday. And they're all, they're always talking about what they're doing out in the communities to empower kids, but empower youth. Well, Penn Hills here just launched a new safe school program. Uh, they just announced it today where it's after school and kids can go mm-hmm. here. And it's sort of like a mobile boys and girls club. Mm-hmm. But growing up, you know, kids had boys and we never had boys and girls club, but. No, I, I think that's still, I think that's still there. Even you look in the most affluent neighborhoods mm-hmm. and to the most financially challenged neighborhoods, I think most people are getting that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're there. It's, it's. Are you going to take? Are you? T- are are people that need to taking advantage of it? Um, you know, that might be a different question, but they're there. How about children as resources? Children contribute to family decisions and opportunities. Um. To participate in positive community events, I swear, if I was in the boardroom when they wrote this one, I'd be children like, oh. as resources. Well, yeah, there's I got a lot of problems with all the way that's written, because um, it's one thing to contribute to family decisions. It has opportunities to participate in positive community events. So you know, okay, positive community events. Okay, you in a parade? Are you in Scouts? Are you in Girl Scouts? Are you in? Different things yeah. like that. But, you know, family decisions, I, I sure as crap wasn't. <laughs> I was not consulted, especially up till 12. Like, yeah, I don't. Jay, uh, what do you think? I don't know if I was consulted too much, but in, in my house now, we've we've always tried to include them because that goes back to what I was saying about raising, you know, adults to go out into a real world. Let's let's take this safe haven to learn how to make decisions. So we want your input. Do you guys want to go to California as a family, you know, having that discussion back in right. a couple of years ago, you know? So for me, I feel like my kids are, are are empowered in that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, but would would that be would that be belonging? Certainly respect. 
that you're respected mm-hmm. enough. Hey, what do you think? Should we do this? Should we do that? What do you guys want to do with this and that and the other thing? Um, I certainly probably undervalued that as far as giving that to my children. I sure didn't get it. <laughs> it didn't, didn't make it down to me. Service to others. Child has opportunities to serve in the community with adult support and approval. Vital. Um, I remember doing it. <laughs> I think about um, our guy Douglas, you know, and what he was talking about when he was on mm-hmm. the podcast about going into, you know, some of those communities and, you know, bringing kids along to, you know, to help out and, you know, cleaning litter and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, that's, oh, I think it's vital. That's a great example. I don't it's see it. super vital. I don't see it a lot. No, and I, there is, I think there's a lot of, uh, I'm going to sound old here, but like <clears throat> a lot of like the next generation that's growing up or the generation that's growing up right now, Gen Z or whatever, um, a lot of their, uh, what's the, what's the word? Um, motivation. No, like, like service, community service right? is either like, I'm going to donate a dollar on top of my order. Of <laughs> I'm going to round up. Yeah. I'm going to round up at sheets. So they're very much separated from that that the real tangible thing that 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 the whatever that organization is trying to solve, you know. So like when I when I grew up, fortunately, I had the opportunity to go on like mission trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I saw poverty. Like I saw mm-hmm. the other side of the coin of like holy cow. I am. I remember being in ninth grade. I was like, I am so thankful mm-hmm. for what I have. And I've just, I've thought about that through, through my whole entire life. But I feel like now there are so many, and on the bad side of like so many programs, I feel like there are so many programs that, that are just collecting money and that's all they're doing. And nobody's really seeing that. Nobody's actually going to like the food bank and helping or going right. to the homeless shelter, say, homeless do, shelter, you know, whatever, going like to the, the old folks home. They're not, they're not seeing that face to face and. I feel like that's making a really big impact because like that was a big part of what we did growing up. And I want that to be, I want to see, I want Maggie to see how other people have it, you know? Right. Mm. <clears throat> I think it's interesting. And this doesn't really have anything to do with service to others, but when you talk about going on a uh, mission trip and you see what real poverty looks like, I think it's interesting when you see that and you look at all like the first, you know, first eight of these items, a lot of those, those kids and those people in those countries have all eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just don't have money. Yeah. Right. And yet then and those kids yet, like it's, it's like, like in, in our world today, it's, you know, the poverty creates crime, except some of the poorest countries in the world, the crime rate is mm-hmm. zero. Right. Right. Well, I remember when we did our mission trip to Mexico, like we built a, a house that was smaller than the size of this room that we're in right now for a family of five. And I've never met happier people. Right. Like ear to ear smiles are like just unbelievable. Yeah. We went to a garbage dump in Brazil. Like people are living in this garbage dump and it it was, it was one of the most transformational moments of my life because the kids that were living in there, they were just so full of joy in such an inexplicable way. Like I just, it made me cry because they they had something so pure yeah you know and i i just when when we left i was like every person in the united states 
needs to go spend yeah. about 15 minutes in this place. And yeah. it, if it doesn't change your perspective, then man, you know, you're, you're good. No, I'm just going to agree with you and say, that's why I think it is so vital. Certainly for a child growing up to have service to mm-hmm. others because it gets you outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been screaming it well, theoretically or uh, figuratively screaming in church that if you're upset with your life, if you're grumpy, if you're, un- you know, if, if you are, frustrated go out and love somebody else Mm -hmm. and just get outside of yourself for half of a minute right you know and we talk about an entitled generation the more you get out of side of yourself and serve somebody else yeah the focus isn't you won't be as miserable thinking about yourself right Uh, it's a humbling you know and and it's it's a real tangible kind of a humbling and you know hum hum being hum humbling yourself is such a an amazing experience um because you do leave your four walls and have to consider other things. But if you leave your four walls, you may not be safe. And that brings us to our final one for this evening. Safety. Parents and community adults ensure the child's safety while keeping in mind her or his increasing independence, which is a very delicate balance. I I read another article recently about these parents that, um, in, in some communities are getting arrested for like allowing their child to bike across the neighborhood or to go play in the park or play in the woods, um, you know, and having interactions with other adults who are not approving of that. Who and, are much less, ri- much more risk averse. Correct. And like, like turning them in and things like that. And it's like, that is, we've nerfed. An entire generation nerfed, nerfed, like oh, nerfed. made all the balls soft. Yes, yeah. we've nerfed an entire generation um, to wild detriment to our wild detriment. Oh yeah, we're and, risk averse. I just right. said it. And yeah. so I like the definition of this because it is having a safe environment while still being a- allowing them to take real world risks that are going to have consequences. You know, and it is a balance, but a child <laughs> needs that. I think about right. me growing up. I'm like. You know, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. They took me to the hospital every time. You know, but every time I tried to jump something on my bike and broke something. Oh, like, man, we made jumps like, all the time. Oh, making jumps was the best. I remember yeah. wearing a skateboard helmet when I would try this one jump. It was like the thinnest piece of plastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't even know why I had a skateboard helmet. I never wore it, but when I made this one jump. Oh, yeah. Always, you know. Safety first. Um, now, we're a very safety and security, and I think – People would say it's a more dangerous world that we're in today. And and certainly, in a lot of ways, it is. But I also think the information age has made us more aware of the dangers. I was going to say, I think it's more a uh, unsafe psychological world. Oh, it's no, it's yeah. absolutely less yeah. safe psychologically. Yeah. You know, but were, were people being abducted 50 years ago? Sure. You just didn't hear about it all the time. Right. Now it happens in, you know. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you hear about it two minutes later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so it's, it makes you more afraid and, and, and causes the parents to, to be a little more restrictive. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was. Oh, wait, I want to interrupt. No, just because ahead. this has hit me. There's two, fun, two factors in this. Um, they ensure the child's safety while keeping in mind her or his need for independence. Right. Which and is, I think yeah. we have some of the most safe kids in the world because they're wrapped in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And I think we also have some of the least safe people, people in the world because they have had way too much independence thrown upon them. Mm-hmm. 
that they're free to go. Nobody can, you know, mm. mom's gone, dad's gone. They're both working. Parents are split. Only ones are living with grandma. And so, so some kids are way too free mm. and some kids aren't the least bit free. And I think most are missing the healthy balance. Yeah. I and I was going to, I was going to say, I think it was a, a Jordan Peterson Instagram reel or something that I saw, um, where he talked about, and this was like, like, little kids but i think it i think it can translate later on as well as kids grow up but he was saying like let your kids do whatever they're doing until (coughs) it's unsafe like give them the independence because they're learning that whole time that they're like like climbing up on the couch right you know don't do anything until you know that they're gonna fall off or whatever let them fall off and get hurt well, you can, and if you, and I love if, to watch a kid fall. Well, I, yeah, it depends on how it depends on how high it is. But like, if they're just going to tumble, yeah, let right. them tumble. If they're how not going to stairs, right? Drew. Yeah, right, exactly. Two, but three. yeah, that's part of it. Right. But you're giving them that independence and freedom. But then you're also there to be there if something were to happen. And that's that's something else that Lex and I have have done to to go along with raising adults to go into a complicated world is. We've told Ethan from a very, very well, both of them, but more so, more so, Ethan, from a very young age, we are going to give you as much freedom as you can handle, and I, th- I, th- I think that 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 strikes the healthy balance between um, you, you have like again, you have to watch out for their well being, but giving them as much freedom as they can handle, and they're going to bump into that 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 edge sometimes. And they're going to oh. feel that. What? I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. And they're going to feel that and they're going to go, okay, that's what freedom's like. That's fine. I don't maybe want to make that decision next time that I do have that freedom to right. do that. And and it's also the freedom to be hurt emotionally. To be hurt emotionally? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, they stuck their finger in the socket, but like mm-hmm. they got in trouble in school and they're mm-hmm. sad or their friend, you know. To not just be like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. To like, to let them be sad for a little bit mm-hmm. and let them, you know, you can't fix every problem. You right. got to work it out with the friend who stole the block or did this or did that. And to, you know, that's the, the part that grieves you as a parent to watch your child emotionally suffer. Like, it's one thing, like, you idiot, you fell and you hit your head. I told you not to do that. But it's when a friend, you know, it just, it's, it, it grieves you. But also, if you're, if you, if you're practicing this, you, you let, like you said, let them work that process out while you're constantly there for them to say, I love you. And if you're here, we can talk and you're and, not alone and you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, our goal was, they say the industry standard is you need 27 of these. So mm-hmm. we've gone over 10 tonight. So hopefully, you know, you're sitting somewhere around seven, <laughs> <laughs> seven out of these, these first 10. And I guess we'll continue this over the next week or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's it. This, for, is, this is great. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is, this is great. It's very fun. Uh, that's it for episode 186. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Man, I'd kill for Kansas right now. I wonder. And right. you open up and it's like, <laughs> So the first one is family support. Now, again, not support. Support. You know, hum, hum, being hum, humbling yourself made all the balls soft.